This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. And so, as, as we like to do um, in these particular teachings, um, first we're going to start off with the with the question. And then we're going to um, go over the definition of marriage, and then we're going to start to to really dig into some of this, the components of the question. And it's going to be a little, uh, you know, uh, more maybe more back and forth than what you're used to, but you'll 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 you'll, uh, you'll be able to flow with this. So the question that we got for this week is: What is the best approach to discussing marital expectations and addressing areas of concern without making the other person feel attacked? Or on the defense, so that they're wanting to know this um, this this young man, this young woman, they want to know what is the best approach to discussing marital expectations and addressing areas of concern without making the other person feel attacked or on the defense. <clears throat> and so I'm really I'm really glad that uh, that that they that this question was presented. You know, none of these questions we said that no question is a bad question. Right? That any, any, any question is a good question. We're going to kind of get into that as, as I talk uh, about my, my point today. But, you know, if something is going through your mind, if something is, is, is being processed in you as information, nobody knows what it is unless, unless you verbalize it. No one knows what's going on in your head. Nobody knows what you're thinking. We don't know what you're feeling. We don't know what it is that you see even. Right, and something that, that my wife pointed out is like, you know, you can't see around corners. You can't see behind your head. Another person can see things that you can't see. But if you let me know what it is that you're thinking, what it is that you're feeling, what it is that you're seeing, maybe I have a point of view, maybe I have a perspective that can give you some insight. And so when we look at the definition of marriage, we say that marriage is a divine institution created by God, whereby two rational Free moral agents, a man and a woman, who are born again, choose to enter into a covenant with another imperfect person for a lifetime. For a lifetime, and we've said we've said um, um, you know on several occasions in almost every panel discussion that you know marriage is God's institution. That God sets the God sets the boundaries. God sets the standard. God sets the expectation for marriage. Because it's not our institution. It is God's institution. And so, you know, before we get into marital expectations, let's just talk about this word expectation. Right? So when we look at the expectation, you know, it's really referring to a hope that something is going to happen at a future time. Right? It's a strong belief that something is going to be the case or something is actually going to take place in the future. And, you know, one of the challenges with expectations and with these hopes is that, first of all, we don't control our times. We don't control our time chronologically, and we don't control our times in terms of our seasons. So we have, we have no control over any of that. All we can do, as, as, we've, been, as we've been learning on Sunday mornings, is, is that we can redeem the time is that we can redeem the time by staying focused on what God has called us to do. You know, the other thing is with expectations is that it's for a future time, but it's also looking for a specific outcome. It's looking for a specific behavior. And one of the things that we have to understand about outcomes and behaviors is that we don't control other people. And in fact, sometimes we think that we can make ourselves or, or discipline ourselves to do a thing, and we let our own selves down. We, I mean, can you imagine that if, if, you, if, you ha- if you've ever had an alarm that was set, and you pressed the button and turned off that alarm and did not get up and do what you were supposed to do, guess what? You just disappointed yourself. You told yourself that you were going to get up at a certain time, and then you went and pressed that button, and you said, I'm not getting up at that time. You failed your own expectations. I mean, if you can fail yourself in those small things, imagine how you irritate yourself by not doing what you've asked yourself to do 
in big things. And if you irritate yourself in small things and in big things, just think about the person that, it, that, that you're thinking about as a spouse. Just think about another human being. You may, they, they may all seem glamorous and beautiful now, but they are bound to disappoint you. They are bound to not meet your expectations. And so we're going we're gonna to talk about that. So as we, as we talk about areas of concern, you know, one thing that struck me is that we started off last week, and we're going to start in a very similar place. Last week we talked about self-assessments and self-examinations. With all these questions, one theme is that as, you ask, as you're asking these questions about your relationship, we want you to ask these questions to yourself and apply them to yourself first. Apply them to your relationship with God first before you try to apply them to another person. And so in, in Luke chapter 6, if you want to go there, in Luke chapter 6, I mean, and there, there's, 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 a lot in this, there's a lot in this chapter. But I'm just going to start off, first of all, by saying, um, you know, Luke chapter 6, you know, starting with just, I'm just going to just touch on, I'm not going to get into it. Verse 41, it says, Why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but perceivest not the beam that is in thine own eye? And it basically is saying, how, how are you going to be a, a judge or a critic over something that's, that, that, that you may perceive as, as an, an issue or a concern with someone else when you have not first applied that standard to yourself. But what I love about this is in verse 43, and this is where I want to be, is that for a good tree bringeth forth, for a good tree bringeth not forth corrupt fruit, neither doth a corrupt tree bringeth forth good fruit. For every tree is known by its own fruit. For of the thorns men do not gather figs, nor of a bramble bush gather they grapes. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For, out, for of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaketh. And so when you're looking at, when you're looking at expectations, first of all understand that that as you, as you see things, as you perceive things, as you have concerns, you know, God, God will reveal things to you in your own life. And he's revealing things into your own life to bring you to a point of repentance. God may allow you insight into some things that are happening in someone else's life. But do you know that God is not giving you insight into other people's lives for you to change those people? Right? Because you don't have the power. God has not given you the power to change other people. Now, husbands and wives know this very well, but this is premarital counseling. So I want you, I want you all to get it straight, even, even, even at the onset, that you do not have the power to change other people. Only, only God gives grace. And God only gives grace to those that submit to His will. So only God, He is the giver. He is the all-powerful. We said that He, that he speaks once, that all power belongs to God. Only God has the power to give grace to people. He only gives the grace to people that are submitted. So to be to be direct, um, you know, something that Sister Everhart counseled me on this question. She says, "Well, you know, make sure that, that you that you answer their, their question, their concerns specifically." So, you know, the question is, what's the best way to approach discussing marital expectations? And so, one thing I want you to understand is that. You should discuss your expectations early, and you need to discuss them often. And it's not just in the marital context. People need to know what you are about and who you are. You know, um, I've had people that, that, that say, well, I just met, I just met this, this person, they're a friend, or I just met this colleague as a coworker. We just did a quick lunch, or, or maybe there, there's some other conversations going on. People need to know who you are and what you are about early and often. Don't be that undercover brother. Don't be that undercover Christian. They should know what you are about right away. It should not be a surprise that, that, you, um, that you attend church. And that's where you believe that you hear from God. You, it should not be a surprise that, that, that you're listening for God's direction for your life. That you, that you don't think that you know everything. But that you are learning and that you are maturing. 
And that, that you say, you know what, God has given me a gift to help me in that learning process, in that maturing process, in a pastor at a local church. So people, so in terms of expectations, you need to let people know who you are and what you're about. Let them know early and let them know often. Right? Also, so what's, what's the best approach? What's the best approach? There's some things that you're going to reveal to people, and, there's some, and you know, as, as intimacy develops, as, as, as closeness develops, there are going to be, you know, things that, that are going to come out and things that you want to express to another person. So you're saying, well, what's the best approach? The best approach is to stay on purpose. You know, the best approach, the way to stay safe, is for you to remember to stay on purpose. Go to Galatians chapter 5. What does it say? Keep it, keep it Christian. Stay, stay, stay on. Don't, don't get distracted. Don't get distracted by, by your lusts. Don't get distracted by your desires. Don't get distracted by your own selfish wants. In, in Galatians five, chapter, uh, chapter five, verse thirteen, it says, "For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh." But by love, serve one another. As you're having conversations and you're talking to people, understand that you have a liberty. You can say what you want to say. But don't use that liberty as an occasion to the flesh. Keep, keep, keep in mind that you're operating, that, you're, that your motive for operating is love. That your motive is love. And it, says, and it talks about a specific love. It says, in love, serving one another. That you want to be, that you want to be of service, not to yourself, but to one another. Verse 14. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even this. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But if ye bite and devour one another, take heed that you are not consumed one of another. And this means that, you know, in, in, in addressing or bringing up concerns, bringing up things that you see, if you, if, if, if you bite and devour, if you're critical and judgmental, be careful that that, that, that that doesn't destroy both you and that relationship. Right? Your, your motive for operating is love. And, and what I love about this is it says that, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. So what I, when I say stay on purpose, keep the conversation in the context of, 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 of the Spirit. Keep the, con- keep the conversation in the context of this is what God is positioning me for. This is where I am. This is where God has placed me. This is what I'm hearing. And this is what I'm responding to. As you're talking to someone about your marital expectations, about your plans for the future, saying, this, is, this is what I see about, about what God is, has, me, has in store for me in the future. I don't know everything. But I know that right now he's called me into a period, into a time of service. He's called me into a time of submission. He's called me into a time of learning. This is, this is, this is why I am preparing. You know what? My, my goal is to, is to pursue this degree. My goal is to pursue this career. I'm trying to get to a certain level of proficiency. I'm trying to get to a certain level of knowledge in the kingdom of God. And if, if you let people know this early and often, you're reminding yourself of these same things. And you will not allow yourself to become distracted. Right? That's why we're saying, I mean, I know some people are saying, well, marital expectations, we should be talking about kids, we should be talking about money, right? We should be talking about sex, right? You know what? Those things are not, are not appropriate in the premarital context. They, they really aren't. And, and that, in fact, if you think about it, as a 50-year-old talking to someone that, talking to my 23-year-old self, those things that you might think that you want or would expect in the future, you have no control over those things. Because we say it at the top that God controls the times and seasons. God, God gives you grace to do His will. And so if you want to have a productive conversation, if you want to have a lifetime conversation, talk about this is what I'm hearing from God about my life. This is where I see God's plans and directions for my life. And these are the preparations that I'm making. Because as you, as you say those things out loud, and especially to those that you are in close relationship with, you begin to reinforce those things. And they begin to hold you accountable. It says, I thought you were preparing to be a child in the kingdom of God. I thought that God was preparing you for ministry. 
But I haven't seen you open up your Bible all week. We haven't talked about anything that you're learning in church this week. That, that they will hold you accountable to the standards that you've set for yourself. And that's completely different from you trying to hold them accountable to a standard that you set for them. Amen? And let me just add on to that. And again, you know, this question is really, I, I like this question too, because the best approach to discuss marital expectations, right? And think about it, the expectations for marriage, like Minister Hubbard said, it's already been defined by God. You've got to discuss that in the sense that it's, your, your marriage should be a reflection of Christ in the church. That's it. That's the expectations from where you are at when it comes to the state of being pre-married, you know, not married, right? You are unmarried at this time. So that's the expectations. And so what's the best approach? Here's the best approach you need to take. Be upfront. So when you have these conversations with those that you are dating and courting, and be upfront about the standard of God. You know, let them know where you stand. Well, what I mean by that? You know, some people when they're, they're dating, guess what? They actually are just dating. They're not looking to get married. Let the other person know that. Right? So be no mis- misunderstanding about, well, I thought we were doing this, or I thought we were in this season. Like, no, I'm in, that, I'm in this season right here. I don't know what you're thinking. But I'm just, I'm just enjoying the fellowship of the believers. Right? In other words, you can take me out, feed me, you know, that's fine, have some coffee. And guess what? You're not getting no kiss. You ain't getting no hug. I'm just gonna, we ain't going to pray for you. We ain't hold hands and nothing. I'm going back to my place. You go back to yours. That, that's just where I'm at now. And then the next week, I'm going I'm to hang out with some other friends. Then let them know. Right? Then there's other people that they're in a place where they are looking to court. They are looking to head towards marriage. Then you be up front and let the person know. Well, you know, I'm not about a casual relationship, right? You know, we, we're, if we're going to go out, then we're going to go out. I'm looking to get married. Let them know. Be up front and be honest with the person that you're talking to, right? And then when, when it comes to that, set the standard of God. You know what I mean by set the standard of God? Set the standard of God for your life, for your relationship, right? Say up front what you're not going to do, right? So, so Minister Bar mentioned sex. I'm not having sex with you. Say that. Tell them that. Don't beat around the bush. And they, they say, well, that may run them off. That's good. That's good to run them off if you say that. That's what you want. Because you want no one to take advantage of you. Right? And, and again, ladies, I, I'll just say this to you, to you ladies. Keep your standard high. Let me, let me help you out, ladies. Make that brother put in the work. That brother is supposed to win you over. This is the time, I'm telling you. You have the advantage. Put in the work. Set your standard high. Make, make him keep climbing up that ladder to get where you are. Don't come down where he is. In other words, don't compromise the standard of God to keep your relationship. Right? Keep the standard of God and keep your standard high. Right? Because, again, if the, the brother don't want to come up to that standard, then he's not for you. Not for marriage. He's looking to do something else. So, ladies, keep your standard high. Don't compromise. Right? Let the brothers put in the work. I know, you know, it's nothing like a good chase. Let that brother put in the work. Make it, hey, keep him running. Right? Because you know why? Because you're valuable. You know, Proverbs 31 verse 10 says, Who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. If you are a virtuous woman, and you, sh- you should be, then your price is far above rubies. That means you shouldn't be easy. Right? It, it should not be easy. Well, brother said, well, you make me work so hard. Yes, because yeah, that's right. Because guess what? When you get in marriage, it is work. You're going to be working a lot, a lot harder than you're talking about in the dating and courting scene. So let them put in the work now. And then you, you can tell a lot about a, a brother when, he, when, he's, when he's, you know, when, if he really wants it or not. He has to win you over. Right? If he gives up so quick, you're like, he's going to give up quick in the marriage. Right? Then you have all kinds of complaints later on, how lazy he is, how sorry he is. It makes all those comments later on. Again, you, you can see a lot about his character in that dating and courting season. But make him put in the work. Don't compromise. Right? And brothers, let me say this to you. Turn, brothers, turn to Proverbs 7. I'm saying brothers. Everybody turn to Proverbs 7. Because brothers, you know, on your side too, two things about a woman that's easy. Right? When she makes it easy for you, one thing could be she's desperate. Another thing, she could be laying a trap. And brothers, you need to know, you need to recognize the difference, but in both cases, you need to run. You don't need a woman that, that's, that's easy. Brothers, alright, Proverbs chapter 7. Look at this starting in verse number 1. It says, My son, keep my words. Lay up my commandments with thee. Keep my commandments 
and live. And my law is an apple of thine eye. Bind them upon thy fingers, write them upon the table of thy heart. Say unto wisdom, thou art my sister, and call understanding thy kinswoman, that they may keep thee from the strange woman, from the stranger which flattereth with, with her words. For, this is, for at the window of my house I looked through my casement, and beheld among the simple ones I discerned among the youths a young man void of understanding. So again, this strange woman is looking for you. She's looking for the young man that's void of understanding. The young man that wants something easy. Trust me, you, your game ain't that strong. And she knows your game ain't that strong. But she's going to make it easy for you. Why is she going to make it easy for you? Jump down to verse 21. It says, With her much fair speech, she caused him to yield. With the flattering of her lips, she forced him. Forced him means she enticed him. Brothers, you know how you look. Right? This lady keeps telling you how fine you are, how nice you look, and you know, all that, like your beard, like your whatever hair you got, texture. Come on, come on now. You know. You know how you look. All that flattery is, is, is setting up for something else, causing you to yield. And again, there's nothing, nothing wrong with making compliments. We're not talking about complimenting one another. You should. But you know what I mean. And when you're in dating court and you know exactly what they, when they're saying those things, you know. Right? You know. But with a much fair speech, she caused him to yield. With the flattering of her lips, she forced him or enticed him. And then verse 32, I mean 22. He goeth after her straightway, as an ox goeth to the slaughter, or as a fool to the correction of the stocks, till a dart strike through his liver, and as a bird hasted it to the snare, and knoweth not that it was for his life. See, she has a set-up game for you, laid a trap for you, and you, and, and you, you took it hook, line, and sinker. Because you, your intentions weren't right from the beginning either. And she recognized that. See, that's what I mean about being up front, making sure up front in this relationship, your best approach. Talk to them about your expectations. Let the person know that you're dating and courting. This is what I expect. Right? And if they start making it easy, it's like, that's not what I expect. You know, you, you should let the ladies know. You should be a little harder than that. What I'm the whole brother say, wait, three meals and a kiss, that, that's all it took? You should be take more than that. Because guess what? If you make it that easy for me, you making it, it must be that easy for everybody else too. I'm not that special. I know everybody thinks their relationship is different. It's not. It's a setup. Verse 24 says, Hearken unto me now therefore ye children, and attend to the words of my mouth. Let not thine heart decline to her ways. I love this. You know, it's a let not your what? Your heart. It's a heart issue. Because once she has your heart, then she has you where she wants you. Your heart decline from her ways. Go not astray in her paths. For she has cast down many wounded. Yea, many, many strong men have been slain by her. You get that, brothers? Many have been slain by her. Right? She has a game. Her house is the way to hell. <laughs> Going down to the chambers of death. I mean, it's all in the scriptures now. Her way is the way to hell. And guess what? You're heading that way to hell. And, and you guess what? And you, and you chose it. Because she made it easy for you. Her flattering her lips, right? Her voice, you know, getting real sweet, real sweet on you, brothers. Come on. That, that's what I mean. Brothers, like I said, ladies need to stand. Brothers, keep your standard as well. <laughs> when you're dealing with these females, have a standard. Brothers, let the, let the ladies know too. I'm not having sex with you. You tell the ladies that as well. And she's like, I want to have sex with you anyway. I got you. I hear you. I'm just letting you know this is not about sex. I, I'm, I'm getting to know you, but not in that way. See, that's what I mean by standard, right? That'll keep you. And again, if they, like this question asks, the concerns about making the other feel attacked or, or def on defense, they need to be on defense. They need to feel attacked. Because, you know, righteousness offends. And righteousness offends on purpose. You need to weed out the riffraff. Right? Everybody that, you know, everything that glitter ain't gold. Right? And so, again, this is the thing. This is, remember, know the state you are in, right? You're in an unmarried state. You want to weed out those that are, that are going to come in and try to take advantage of you. Right? You got to make sure that you know exactly what you're getting into when it comes to relationships. So be upfront when you approach. Let them know upfront exactly what you stand for. And then let them rise to the standard of God where you're living. Amen?
Amen, Minister Haston. Uh, uh, you know, he he pretty much said it all. Him and Minister Eberhardt, you know, but I'm going to be doing some repeating here because we know what teaching is, right? It's repeating and repeating until learning takes place. Um, so I can really appreciate this question that was asked. And I'm going to get in on my point. I'm going to get into some practical applications because I heard in the question, hey, you know, how do I do this without attacking or defending? But before I get there, I'm going to repeat some of the things uh, that the ministers just said as well. So first things first is before you're able to practically apply some of these things that we're going to say, before any of your these applications will hold any weight, like my brothers are saying, you have to have a standard. You have to have the standard before it holds any weight, which means not only I know the standard, but I am, I am striving to live by that standard on a day-to-day -day basis. Like Minister Eberhardt said, they have to know who you are beforehand. That's the standard that I'm living. The life you should, that you live should say, I'm not willing to compromise God's standard, even for the person that, I'm trying to, that, I, that I want to marry. See, that right there in itself speaks a lot. That says I'm committed to God's covenants. And guess what? Marriage is one of God's covenants. See, if I could be committed to God and his covenants before I enter into this covenant of marriage, then you can be trusted. That's the difference. You can be trusted. So again, you have to make sure you have the standard and you are living by that standard. I won't, and won't compromise it for anybody. Listen, for the person you're trying to get married to and not for yourself, first and foremost. I won't compromise it for the things that I expect or the things that I want. Um, and, I, and we saw that in the questions, right? We're talking about, we're talking about expectations, marital expectations. Um, so another thing, like I said, before you have in place, or before you do these personal uh, practical applications, everyone says that I have to have these things in place. So everyone say that. Say that. That means me. Because I want you to understand, you know, when we're talking, we, we said it from the beginning, God is not, like, like Minister Eberhardt said, he'll give you some insight on some other people, but when he's speaking to you, he's speaking to you about you. You know, that's, that's our relationship. Our relationship, we're saying we're waiting on the Lord. What does a waiter do? A waiter serves. Okay, our relationship is to, is to remain in a position of service. So when he's speaking to you, he's speaking to you about your service, about what you can do. Not about you changing this other person, because like the minister said before, only God can change, only God can touch the heart of man. But if, by you being on purpose, guess what? He can touch the heart of man through you if you stay on purpose. But only God can change the heart of man. So, <clears throat> again, the first thing that we want to make sure of, and the minister's touched on, is that our expectations are lined up with God's expectations. Yes. And, they, and then he said it again, you know, what, are, what is God's expectations for marriage? It says in the Bible, we're to represent Christ in the church. And we, 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 we had teaching on this. How, do, how does God get that? Through submission and through commitment. Those are the things that we have to have, right? So, again, if you're, if you're lining up your expectations with things that are not in God's word, if you're not submitted, if you're not committed, and you start lining them up with the way that the, the world does, you know, the secular way people think, or I say the world, but not just the world, religious people as well, how they think. And I'm not, when I say religious, I'm not talking about the word, because we know this is about our relationship. It's not about being religious. It's about our relationship. But you start lining up your way with the world thinks or, or, or religious things thinks, and that's when you get out of whack, right? And, that, and especially when you have that religious thing, you're like, oh, well, you know, somebody religious says that this must be what I need, but does it line up with the truth, with the standard? That's why you always have, that's why you have to know God for yourself. Okay, you have to know his word for yourself because you don't want to be bamboozled. And, and here's the thing as well. When you're in that state, you're more likely to hear what you want to hear. Okay, so if somebody's saying what you want to hear, you're like, oh, that sounds true because that's what you want. That's why you have to know the standard of God for yourself. Do me a favor. Let's turn to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2, and I'm going to read starting at verse 8. I'll give you a moment all to, to get there. So, again, make sure you're looking and examining God's standard. And reconcile, listen, reconcile your expectations or your concern with his word. Reconcile everything with this word before you proceed to doing any of these applications that we're going to get into. So Colossians chapter 2, and I'm going to start at verse 8. It says, Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after tr tr the tradition of man, after the rudiments of this world, and not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him which is the head of all principality and power. See, this right there, that, that's crucial that you know this first and foremost. Before you start your discussions around premarital expectations, you, you know this. I follow after Christ, 
and I am complete in him. Those are the things you must know first and foremost. Because I'm telling you, if you don't know that you're complete in him, guess what? Your expectations will, will your expectations are, you know what, I can be complete in this other person. They can complete me financially if I'm not able. They can complete me sexually or emotionally, things like that. But you're complete in Christ before you put yourself in these relationships. That's why don't follow after the vain deceits of this world. Like, like they say, you know, you should live with somebody beforehand so you can get to know them. That's the vain, vain philosophy of this world. That's going against God's word. His word says, listen, because, listen, you're not going to play with fire and not get burned. You're not, oh, we're just living together to save money until we get, no, guess what? First off, you're in sin. You're not avoiding the appearance of evil. And you cannot t- play with fire and not get burned. You're going to have sex. You're going to compromise God's standard. You already have. The fact that you consider that and put yourself in there, listen, that's vain deceit. And I assure you, you can find doctors and philosophers over the world and say, oh, you should do that. But I'm going to tell you, they don't follow after Christ. They're not complete in Christ. They, listen, and then once that, that person or whatever you find your completeness in is, is gone or filled, guess what? Now you're empty again. You have to know beforehand. Before any, again, before any of these, these applications we're going to get into, Listen, I'm following after Christ. This is what your life should say. I'm following after Christ, and I'm completing Him. Which means, if, if the way that I follow after Christ bothers you, like Mr. Asa said, if it runs them off, then good. Good. Because, here's the thing, you're not going to run me off from Christ. That's what you have to, that's what you have to be settled in. Okay? Look, God knows what you want, but He has what you need. Okay, so remember that. Listen, I'm, I'm going to stay. I'm following after Christ. Okay, and I am complete in Him. When you have that standard for yourself, when you have that expectation, when you set it from the beginning, then when you have these discussions, they won't be viewed or shouldn't be viewed as attacks or something to be on the defense about. Because this is my standard from the very beginning. Okay, and, and as well as if I'm looking to marry to you, I'm, I'm expecting that you've, you've come in agreement with that standard. So don't feel attacked when I'm presenting you with God's standard. You see, the only reason you feel attacked on defense is if I haven't kept that standard. That's when that comes in. I haven't kept, and that goes for the person asking the question or who you're, you're talking about too. If you're feeling like I may be attacking them or, or they may be on defense, maybe you're not keeping the standard. Maybe you compromise the standard for this person, or vice versa. That's when those feelings start to. They start to, well, I got to tiptoe around this because they know I've done this and I've done this with them and I know they've done that and we've compromised this, this, this standard of God. So I got to, but now I want to get it right. So now I got to tiptoe. See, those are the things you have to deal with when you compromise God's standard. Those are things that come in. So I want you to remember, you know, everything, God's expectations, all the things that we're going to be discussing and how you can discuss them, they're built off of his standard. If you don't have that standard, then the discussion around his expectations, it won't hold any weight. It won't hold any weight to you in your mind. That's why you're afraid to attack. It's not holding any weight. Or to the person you're talking to. It's his expectations. So again, how does he get what he wants from marriage? And we're going to talk about those expectations through submission and commitment. So but even beforehand, the question is, are you submitted and committed to God? Before you start talking, because if you, again, like we said, and the minister said, if you can't be submitted and committed to an all-powerful God, a perfect God, how are you going to be committed to a relationship with an imperfect person? There's no way that you could be committed to that relationship with the imperfect person when a perfect God you can't commit to. You have to be committed to his, to the relationship with him so that you are... And listen, showing you're committed to a relationship with God will show that even though I'm not at this stage yet, I'm committed to getting to this stage. So when I get to, when I get to Mary's stage, I'll be committed to that too. I'm willing to put in the work. Like my brother said, it's, marriage is hard work. Listen, putting in the work beforehand is hard work as well. It's even harder when you get into it. See, when you put in the work, that's the thing about commitment, right? When you put in the work, that's what builds longevity. You know why? Because when the problems come, I put in the work beforehand. I'm ready for them. I'm prepared for them. That's what gives your relationship longevity. That's what helps it to last. That's what helps it to endure. Your commitment. And 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 listen, committed to what God has for it. Not to what our expectations are. Committed to God's expectations. Listen, commitment will ensure that when these tough times come, and they're sure to, that you won't burn out. That will assure that you won't burn out. Listen, commitment now 
to God before you get into this covenant of marriage will assure that you won't burn out when you get into it. I'm not talking about commitment to a person. That will come through your commitment to God and His standard for you. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and get, so we've got to to that point. I'm going to give you some practical applications now, but the point is, have the standard and live the standard. Know who you are in Christ before any of these things happen. Be committed, submitted, and committed to God. So two practical, two practical ways that I'm going to give, because these two practical ways can give you a long time, a a lot of stuff to do. And there's other ways too, but these will show your commitment too. So number one, you can show your commitment before by coming to agreement on the expectations set by God on marriage. Now, I know you're like, we said that, but I'm going to give you a way that we can do that, right? So where are we right now? And what class is this? Family life class. And for months and months, we've been talking about premarital, right? I see pretty much everybody in here with their notebooks, taking notes, you know, writing things down. I see we have a list. We have a whole lot more questions to go through. I see the questions. I see everything in there. So first things first. Make sure you and this person both go to family life class. Amen. Let's start there. Show up and get God's word, right? Listen, if, if the person that you're interested in marriage is not interested in getting God's expectations and his word on, listen, then that, that's a sign right there. That's a sign right there. I'm not committed to it. If they show that their signs are committed to getting you alone all the time, then you know what they're committed to. Show me that you're committed to coming and getting what God has to say about this relationship that we're thinking about getting into. That's the first thing. Come and be present. When I say be present, that means come with the ear to hear. Because I'm telling you, especially if you're in this state of premarital, guess what? He is talking to you. Come with an ear to hear. Make sure they are present. If they have to miss, you hear me, have to, if for some reason they miss, listen, it's time to go back and watch it again and watch it on the stream. Get this down in you. Don't miss it. God's speaking directly to you. These questions of God is speaking. It's so amazing how sparse some of these family life classes look. And I'm like, I know some of the people that ask these questions aren't in here. And guess what? You're missing your, the, the grace that God has for you. The strength that he has for you. The answer that he has for you. So number one, be present. Make sure that other person as well is present. Number two here. So here's the thing. I don't know anybody, me included. I cannot sit down in one service and hear and understand everything. Even with the notes I take, guess what? I still miss more than half of what's said with the notes that I'm, say, that I'm taking. So, you know, we, we want to talk about how do we approach this, right? Well, family life class, right? We're not going to get everything sitting through class. It's not, look, family life class is not a checklist for premarital. I've done it, now I'm ready to get married. No, no, no. Have you gotten an understanding? And all that getting, get an understanding, right? So let's have a coffee date and let's discuss family life class. Uh, that's, listen, you're taking notes, right? We're not perpetrating, we're not faking, right? Let's go over our notes together. Because I'm sure you've got something in your notes that I missed. I'm sure I have something that you missed. And let's go over these notes. Listen, let's study them. Listen, each service. And let me tell you, it's not going to be like, well, we studied this one service this one time. Listen, take your time. Like I said, this is going to take a while. That's what I'm saying. Don't rush the process. Don't rush God's timing and His season just because you have expectations. Let's go talk about it. Let's study over family life class. Let's see what you've been learning. And then look, when in your study times, when y'all go through these things together, purpose and make it a point to say, hey, we're going to come with questions. Questions for who? Not about that person. Questions about me. <laughs> this is what I saw about me, concerning me, and this is what I feel that I need. These are the expectations God has for me, and this is what I feel that I'm missing. And then listen, the other person brings the same thing. Now we have something that we can pray for each other about. Now we have something. Listen, now we have ground to walk on. See, and see those things right there, there's no, listen, there's no attack or defense 
needed involved with that, right? Because listen, you're going over your notes, I'm going over my notes, and I'm telling you all about me. Because let me tell you, when you're going over these notes, like you said, God may say, oh, this is some insight, but I'm, I promise you, God may give you some insight on the other person, but I'm 100% sure he's going to give you insight on you. That's what you need to bring. Bring what he's brought on you to the table. Those are the things that need to be discussed. And, and, and here's the thing as well. I know that might seem awkward. You know why? Because it's something that you haven't done. It's okay. Start doing it. Take it start doing it and then look, keep it up. Do it on the regular. I guarantee you, listen, all the awkwardness will fall off. Then you'll, you'll come to expect it. You're like, you know, this is something that we need to do. You know why? Because you don't take the covenants of God lightly. This is, listen, marriage is for a lifetime. It's okay to take the time before a lifetime to get it right, which you can't. Because after you get there, listen, it's for a lifetime. And God don't want to hear your excuses, especially you have been sitting in here. God don't want to hear those excuses. God's like, I have every, I'm providing everything you need. All the questions that you're asking, I'm providing that for you. Be present. Take the notes. Go over the notes and take your time and study. Don't look at it as a checklist. This is something you're doing. You're trying to build a relationship for a lifetime. Take the necessary time, the necessary steps before you get there. And I promise you, I'm not saying, listen, I'm not saying there's, there's not struggles in marriage. I'm not saying that there's not times that you get angry or disappointed. But I'm saying you'll know what to do. Like I said, you're committed beforehand. You have longevity now. You know how to handle these things when they come up. Because let me tell you, God is not saying that certain things in marriage won't come up. There are troubles in marriage. Do y'all hear me? There are troubles in marriage. That is scripture. Paul says in Corinthians, listen, there are troubles in marriage. And God knows it. It's God's covenant. You know why there's troubles in marriage? Because there's imperfect people. But he's given us his perfect word to deal with the imperfect people. And, you know, in my mind, being able to discuss these things shows how, not only how committed you are, but your true relationship with this person. See, because before you get into a married relationship, you should be a friend with, to this person. Listen, my wife is my best friend. And I'm going to tell you why. Turn to, turn to Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 27. I'm just going to read I'm going to read two two verses out of the scripture because they both reference a friend. And I want you to understand what a friend is. So let me I'm going to start at verse 17 and we all know this. It says, "Iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend." So again, my wife is my closest friend. Amen. If you want to build that relationship, guess what? Iron has to sharpen iron. And the only way iron is going to sharpen iron is through the word, which means we both need to be in the word. The only way we can stay sharp is if we're both steadily in God's word. Remember, our commitment to each other first first flows through our commitment to God. That's why, listen, getting into God's word so that iron can sharpen iron doesn't just start with premarital class. Because we have more than family life service. We have Sunday morning services. We have Wednesday services, next gen. We have men of integrity, women of color. We have more than just that. All of God's way. It's not just a part of it. Well, this this part applies to marriage. No. Remember, marriage is to represent Christ in the church. And this, God's word, this is all about Christ. If our expectation is to show Christ in the church, we need to know all about Christ. Every second we get a chance. And then verse 6. It says, faithful are the wounds of a friend. I love that. You know what that means? Sometimes you might hear some things from a friend, a true friend, that you're like, you know what? It hurts, but it's true. And cause I, li- I like the ending of that verse. It says, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Uh, Minister Hayson was alluding to it earlier. About, you know, the, the woman with that, that, that mouth that can, you know, that can woo-woo you. But it's deceitful. Well, that'll bring you all the way, to, you will decline all the way, like you said, down to hell. But a true friend. 
Are you building a relationship with the truth? Because if you are, guess what? I'm not worried about you feeling attacked on defense because like administration said, righteousness does that. It does that to me on a daily basis. You know why? Because I don't know everything. I'm imperfect. <laughs> and I'm so thankful for it. See, you have to change the way you're thinking, change the way you view things. That's God's grace to me. He's not trying to condemn you. He's saving you. So remember these things. Those are, listen, don't be afraid to talk about God's word. <laughs> be not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it has the power to save. And that's what this is. Again, the only way, only way you're thinking different is if your expectations you're talking about are not reconciling to God's word. If it's reconciled to God's word, guess what? Don't worry about being wrong. God's word is right. God's word is righteous. It's right. Let it run off what it needs to run off. And though you may be hurt because you had different expectations, know that God has better for you. And remember, listen, I'm following after Christ and I am complete in Him. And one other thing that I'm going to say is, um, and I just can't seem to get away with this right, but keep your, keep your spiritual authority and your, your parental authority, your godly authority, keep them involved. From the very beginning. So let's say y'all come together, right? And y'all have had a meeting. And let's say just like in family life class, y'all have come to some questions that y'all had. Even through y'all's notes and even through all the questions. And we can't answer them and we need some help. Take it to your authority in your life. Take it to your parents. If your parents can't help, take it to your spiritual authority in your life. They will have godly counsel for you. And here's the thing about godly counsel. It's just that. It's, listen, if it's, it's, it's counsel from God. So at this point, this in my mind and in yours, it shouldn't be, are we going to take this counsel? It's not a su- Listen, godly counsel is not a suggestion. <laughs> godly counsel, like I said, is just that. It's counsel from God. Now, you can do it or not. You know what comes to mind? I think of, I think of Samson, right? His father had counsel from him way back when. Why can't you go with the women from your people? And I bet you in Samson's mind, he was thinking like a young man, oh, that don't matter right now. Oh, that's not a big deal. But you know that that, that sin followed him all the way to the end of his life? His life probably would have turned out different if he listened to godly counsel from his father. Samson had different expectations, though. He wasn't reconciled with the truth. He couldn't hear, he didn't have an ear to hear what his father was saying. All he heard was, stay away from them girls. Godly counsel. Keep your parents, your spiritual authority involved from beginning, especially if you're considering to marry this person from beginning to end. While you have the chance, because guess what? When you're married, you're in there. You're in there. Time out for all that other outside counsel. You're in there now. Get it now. Get it while you can. Amen. And I know we're short on time. One thing I wanted to point out is that, as Minister Hill pointed out, don't isolate yourself, but make sure that you keep your godly authority involved. If what, if what God is saying to you and what God is speaking to you is that, is that, he, is, is that he is developing you and he is making you into, into uh, the, the person that he wants him to be, that he wants you to be um, through this ministry, in addition to... Um, pressing in and, and consulting and, and counseling with your parents, make sure that you associate, associate yourself and tie yourself in tightly with the deacons and the ministers and the pastor in this ministry, in this local church. And I say, I say that without any shame, without any conviction. Yes, the person sitting next to you, they're a Christian, they're a strong Christian, they're a believer, you can talk about, you can talk to them, you can walk with them. But listen, what I want you to understand and what I want you to hear is I'm saying make sure that if you don't have a relationship with the deacons and the minister and the pastor of this church to be able to have these personal conversations with, then you are failing to press in to the infrastructure that has been provided to you. You're failing to press into the infrastructure that's being provided to you just because you, you and your best friend, you guys can have good conversations, and you and, and sister girl, and you and brother them. Right? No, no. Past, our pastor has designated ministry lines. 
our pastor has delegate, designated leadership. And in those ministry lines, who does she have on there? She has the ministers and their wives, the deacons and their wives to give counsel to those that are in need. And so what I'm saying is that if you have not developed and cultivated a relationship, then you have something to do on your list. And listen, if, you, if, if, if your father is a deacon, guess what? You need to, to cultivate another relationship with another deacon or minister or the pastor in this ministry to the point where you can have these personal, intimate conversations with and make sure that what you are hearing from God lines up with the direction of this ministry. Otherwise, you're going to find yourself tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. And you're going, to, you're going to try and figure out, well, why is it that I think that I can get the same thing that I was getting from this ministry at this place down the street? It's because you got distracted and you got misfocused and you got completely off track. Amen. So this is a, another very loaded question. I love the questions. Um, you know, because in these, this question time, God reminds me, listen, no matter what state you're in, it's all about being submitted and committed to Him, first and foremost. Um, so, I, again, we appreciate these questions and the times that we spend with the family here. Um, and we're going to go ahead and close it out today. I want to remind you we have another service here at 10 a.m., so please stay with us. Again, I wanted to mention the, uh, mention the Next Gen service. It was such a blessing to me, uh, being able to share and open up with each other. You know, that's, that's why we are in this body of believers together. God has brought us together so that we can learn and grow together. Uh, so I'm so appreciative of that. Uh, let's go ahead and bow our heads. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.com.